Contagious Faith of a Christian Wife and Mom by Crystal Willis. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this space as we listen today. We ask that you open our eyes to see and our ears to listen, especially as we hear this, as your word is spoken over us. I just pray over every mom who wants to pour into her children more and have them know you deeply in their heart, Lord. Be with these families, and we pray blessing upon them now. In your name we pray, amen. 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 6. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Mama, you have a position of great influence in your home. Your kids look to your example to show them how to live a godly life with Jesus at the wheel. In our home, I've loved using holidays to teach my kids about Jesus. During Lent and Advent, we usually dive into a family devotional together. I find myself typically leading this devotional time with my children, and my attitude and behaviors during this time are felt by my children. If I'm excited, then they'll definitely be more excited. During Easter time, we typically use resurrection eggs and Help Club's Easter banner to draw us near to the Lord. My kids just love doing those coloring activities and searching for hidden eggs. Do you know, though, that not only do we influence our children, but we also influence our husbands? How is your husband's faith? Now, I know this is probably a loaded question with answers that will fall all across the spectrum, but this is the point I want to focus on. I just love the first two verses in 1 Peter 3, when it says, They may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. This hit me square in the head, right between the eyes. My husband is a godly man, a believer in Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean he always obeys the word of God. He has struggles, just like the rest of us. As sinners, we all have our own issues we need to work through. Just because someone is a believer in Jesus does not guarantee they will know how to disciple their family or have the desire to do so. That's where this verse from above becomes a challenging reality. God equips us as wives to stand in the gap for our husbands and point them to Jesus. It's through this godly submission showing respect and honor towards our husbands, along with living upright and morally straight lives, that we wives can model our faith to our families. That's when we're made more into the likeness of Christ, and our influence rubs off 
on everyone. Now, I'd like to point out that the Bible does not say through nagging and constant reminding the wife won over her husband. Oh, no. Instead, it's through purity and reverence. Going back to 1 Peter 3, Paul goes on to comment about the the wife's beauty in verse 4. He says, Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's in this way of beauty and gentleness that God will work on our husband's heart and faith. Did you guys hear that? It just, the simplicity blows your mind. Sisters, we don't have to badger our men to lead and disciple, just as we don't need to badger our children to go grow in their faith. God is at work in their hearts, especially when we persevere in prayer and ask the Lord to keep using us. Now, those that know me know that this is no easy feat. I am passionate about things related to my kids, and I feel there's always a right way to do things, which I like to remind my husband of in maybe not so gentle ways. Ugh, God is convicting me through these verses. If your husband leads your family devotional time, let him do it his way. Importantly here, don't interrupt or correct. When my husband does lead Bible time, it's easy for my kids to notice differences. And that's the moment I try to remember to step in and remind them how special it is that daddy's reading to them and appreciate his style. We can't control the behaviors of those around us, but we can work on how we act, or shall I say react? When we do speak, we need to ask often, as it says in James chapter 1, verse 19, to be slow to speak and slow to become angry. And also, we need to be reminded, as it says in Proverbs 15, verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Through our sanctifying, sanctifying and refining journey, Every little baby step we take toward becoming more like Jesus blesses our families. We are all a work in progress, and this is not meant to make us wives feel pressured to live a perfect life. Quite the contrary here. I'm encouraging us to walk with grace through this process, grace for our husbands and ourselves, and just simply seek the Lord and share it. I'm going to read some verses from Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35, explaining how Moses' face was shining after his time with the Lord. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, His face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. 
Those words are so powerful, especially in verse 29 that said, his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Imagine those near Moses in the moments after he visited with God, how they were influenced by his bright, radiating face. We can be that bright, shining light in our homes, displaying God's goodness, his glory, and his love. We need to seek the Lord's counsel and share it with our families. Whatever your husband's stumbling block may be, Know that you, his wife, his helper, as we're called here in Genesis 2.18, saying, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. We are meant to spur our husbands on, encourage him, pray for him. Lift up those burdens and trust God to equip you. Continue to live in a righteous way for all to see. Your actions will speak volumes. It's time for our husbands and our children to catch something good. Let's make it our faith and make it shine brightly. Questions to ponder. Are you living a life according to 1 Peter 3, verse 2, being pure and reverent? A good example to your family? What areas would you like to work on? How would you describe your husband's faith? Do you find yourself nagging your husband to lead your family spiritually? And now, in the faith-filled ideas, I'm going to begin by reading quite a few verses out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philidius who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace 
along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So for the faith-filled ideas, these verses from Paul should encourage you as you disciple your family and aspire to teach what is true. Pray that you and your husband will correctly handle the word of truth, as it's said in verse 15, and that you both will pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, as heard back in verse 22. After you've prayed, journal how this may change how you act rather than react with your family. And lastly, if you're leading your children this year in an Easter devotional, consider sharing it during a time while your husband is home and invite him to be a part of it. Pray that God will place a calling on his heart to lead. We're going to pray one last time as we close up. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together. I pray that this Time in Lent as they prepare for Easter will be extra special this year, and that in this family devotional time, you will grow their family closer together. We praise a calling on the hearts and minds of these wives and husbands as they yearn to teach their children more about you, Lord. Let the whole family be discipled through this experience and grow each other closer together through this. We ask this in your great and holy name. Amen.